formally introduce ourselves. Okay. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Toast and Tea, the podcast. She said inaugural because that's a funny election joke. It's a little bit of, a little bit of comedy. <laughs> I'm Sarah Crawford. And I'm Tavis Finucci. And we are your hosts for Toast and Tea. Um, if you've been keeping up with the fluff at all, you know that Tavis and I have been doing an advice column called Toast and Tea for quite a while now. And we got a little bored of writing and we like to talk a lot. So we were just like, what if we just recorded ourselves talking? Yeah, I think we're just instead. lazy. Yeah, that's basically why you're here and we're here. Yeah, and we thought we'd rope in um, Emily, our very good friend. Say the hello, beautiful Emily. Emily. <laughs> Who's also here, but we're going to pretend like she isn't while we have our conversation. She's our producer. No, but she's here, and we are in her very well-decorated bedroom. And we're all sitting on the floor, so it looks hilarious. Um, so, today, this is actually the 10th installment of Toast and Tea, so an excellent time to start our podcast we've turned double digits <laughs> hooray we're almost preteens oh. um <laughs> and we thought we would start out with a bang because it is in the heat of election season now and november 8th is coming up quickly and we both feel pretty strongly about the current state of politics and general society in america so we thought we would talk about it yeah i guess yeah. we should just jump right emily is like taking she, yeah she was taking us. she was taking <laughs> photos and it was very distracting, distracting. i can't have a lens on me and do two how things how dare she document us at every turn just like we want <laughs> but yeah so i i have some questions for you i know we talk about this a lot we talk mm -hmm. about the election a lot yeah but i figure we just jump right in and pull the curtain back um when did you know you were voting for hillary clinton um, that... Because that is who you're voting for. Yes. I don't feel like I'm outing you on that. Um, surprise, surprise, Tavis and I are both voting for her. Oh my god, what? Spoiler alert. I feel like my grandmother is a very important part of my, my Hillary story. Um, I think there are a lot of people who think that Hillary reminds them of their grandmother, but I, I actually think that my grandmother is Hillary Clinton. Oh, wow. Um, her name is Patricia Hedges. She was born and raised in a kind of rural part of Georgia, like very Baptist, like wasn't allowed to play cards because that's devil stuff and wasn't allowed to wear shorts and whatnot. So, um, and like schools weren't integrated when she was growing up and um, the most that a woman could maybe hope to be was a teacher, but even that really wasn't a thing. Um, you were expected to be a housewife. So... My grandma, later in life, when the women's movement was happening, she was kind of like past the age of like being a young whippersnapper who got to decide they wanted to have a career and all of this type of stuff. But she's still like midway through life. She had kids already. Um, she was a very good housewife. She was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to school. Like I'm going to finish up school and I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to need a law degree and then I'm going to go be a judge. Um, and this is me rambling on about how great my grandma is but she um she just later in life like became a feminist and became friends with people of all walks of life that she had not been um 
exposed to in rural Georgia where everyone she knew was white and straight and Christian and all of this stuff. And she's just so passionate about Hillary. Um, she wanted to vote for Hillary um, the first time she ran. Oh. She was a little upset that Obama got the nomination, but she was a strong supporter of Obama after She's that. She's a good job. Um, and she still has some of her Ready for Hillary stuff from back then. Oh, yay. And she, like, called me up and told me that she had, like, sewn an American flag over her, like, Ready for Hillary logo on her jacket and now she's going to take the American flag off and show everyone that she was ready for Hillary again and like she couldn't wait. Um, and so I, during this election season, like early on, was actually very, very like intrigued and really believed in a lot of things that Bernie Sanders was saying. And that was an internal struggle for me because I kind of had this like, mom and dad, you don't understand, like Bernie's really got a chance and nobody's paying attention to him. And like, um, I think that Bernie Sanders is really great. Um, and if he had gotten the nomination, I would have been very excited. Um, but at some point, I was just like having conversations with my grandmother and thinking about like the time in which she was born and growing up. And I just, it I had like this m overwhelming moment of like, oh my gosh, like how crazy would it be for like me and my mom and my grandmother to all vote for Hillary Clinton and for her to see that in her lifetime. And also like, not just because Hillary Clinton is a woman, because Hillary Clinton is such a powerful woman who has done so much for our country and um, not made a big fuss out of herself most of the time, I think. And I, um, you know, I not only think that she's like the most qualified person for the job probably ever, but it also is just really important to me to like have that moment with my family, especially my female family, and like be a part of this transition in America. I really love that. It's like, <laughs> so it's like a beautiful multi-generational poem. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish there was some sort of reality where all three of you could like show up at like a single polling station together. I know. I know. And I wish that, um, my grandmother lives in Louisiana and my mom lives in Georgia. Um, and I wish that we could like all be together. When that was happening but just to like but just to all be alive together in the america where hillary clinton or any qualified woman is president like that's enough for me that's so exciting yeah i guess we'll keep going on the on the hillary track here and i wanted to ask you because we're like good friends and we live together and we talk oh. about this all the time i <laughs> did you know oh is that okay for me to call us friends wow publicly all right anyway um <laughs> Because we talk about this, um, I've never heard, like, like I've never been, like, your coworker or a stranger on the street or whatever who, like, the election has come up with and, like, heard your pitch for why you're voting for yeah. Hillary. Like, what what do you say oh. to people when they're like, oh, well, so who are you voting for? Oh. Oh. Oh, it's always uncomfortable, but, like... Well, it, part of the reason you haven't heard it or, like, heard me practicing it is mm -hmm. because I haven't been very good at it. Right. Because rather than... Because it's awkward to talk about... I don't think it's that I find it awkward. I think it's that I get so upset. Mm. So if I, yeah. like, I have, like, a pretty good, like, Hillary radar. Mm -hmm. Like, if someone is, like, I can tell pretty, pretty, like, as soon as I meet them. <laughs> If they're, if they're voting for my girl. Right. Um, but I haven't like, like through the primaries and through, uh, once she got the nomination, like when I have had, this is already, there's my phrasing, have had to have the conversation with someone mm -hmm. about Hillary Clinton. 
I haven't been very good at like keeping my very strong emotions about voting for her at bay. I've just it's sort of figured do. it out. So I would say I'll be optimistic in answering your question. Okay. And say that um, if and when uh, I talk to more people about it now, especially as we're getting closer, I think I've gotten better at asking them questions first. Yeah. About what's important to them um, and who they feel they're voting for. And a lot of the times it's that they are voting for Hillary Clinton, but it's that lesser of two evils conversation mm -hmm. that bugs me. And originally I would just be like, how dare you compare the, the, what two evils, one evil. Right. And I've gotten a little better at saying like, okay, um, why do you think that? And like, maybe we can like talk about it. And I typically, because I'm like not good at, um, or haven't figured out the way to speak really well on it, like, I'll recommend an article they read. Mm -hmm. um, I just, think that's a really good yeah. way to do it, though. Because I think I think this is true of me and a lot of people. People don't want to be told what to do mm -hmm. or be told what to think. And that was my strategy for too long about, like, bringing yeah. people over on the yeah. right side of history, as I called it, <laughs> which is already an issue. Um, but I think if if you can guide people in a way... This is, sounds so manipulative, but in a way that big surprise, in a way that they can like come to the realization on their own or like uh, develop their own feelings about her as a candidate and about um, her platform. I think that's probably the best. I uh, I think we've talked about that you may not have had quite the same experience with this, but like I came from a very liberal family, and if you don't know this, Taps and I both grew up in Georgia. Um, and being, I mean, neither of us lived in this place that was like stereotypically Southern and backward and like whatever, but there were still a majority of conservative people where I grew up. And very early on, like my family has always like talked about politics and the state of the world and like history and geography at dinner because my mom like was a teacher and is fabulous. Um, and I would like bring things up that my family had been talking about at dinner at school and like it never <laughs> went over well. And I like didn't realize that like other people didn't think the same way. Um, and um, I learned very early on that the best way to communicate with people who don't believe the same things as you, especially on issues like religion and politics that are like very important and personal to people is by like listening to them first and thinking of it as like a research experiment, you know, like, okay, well, I don't agree, but like, why would they think that way? How can I figure out like how to understand? Absolutely. Which I think is how Hillary Clinton governs and operates which is why i love her so much yeah she's a listener yeah the one of the one of the articles and this is probably another issue too because i'm like read i would like you to read this book of articles that i've put together for you it's 100 pages long <laughs> and i think you'll come to some pretty great conclusions but one uh that i read fairly early on i think i always i don't think i was ever really a bernie sanders person mm -hmm. i think i was really attracted to the pragmatism of hillary clinton right because I think I'm a pretty pragmatic person. Right. Um, but I think I, w I was always with her for that reason. And But I like didn't have like a strong emotional connection to voting mm -hmm. for her. I think I was just like, this is the right choice. I know this yeah. is what it should be. Until, um, I don't remember where this article was, but it was something along the lines of the two Hillary's. And it was mm -hmm. interviews um, with people on her staff currently and people that had been on her staff before that were, it's the thing you always see of like, Hillary in person is so much fun and has a great personality and right. blah, blah, like 
what you hear pundits talk about and like what what's the difference between them but i read this article and it totally did the job it was supposed to do because it like brought me home to like this emotional connection with her as a person and me realizing that like i had a lot in common with her the way that she operates Mm. in the past she's done these listening tours Mm -hmm. i love this i love it so much (laughs) i like get a little bit emotional talking about it and i've said it to i think everyone i know i think she's like the first person that i've heard of that does something like yeah this. so I'm when she was okay yeah. when she was running for senate senator in new york and she did it again i believe in 2008 when uh she was in the democratic primaries running for president um wherever she went she would collect uh notes from people uh, people would pass her things on napkins or on little pieces of paper about things that they really needed um that they wanted the government to do but they didn't know how to go about making it happen. So she would say, okay, um, write it down, give it to me, give it to a staff member. And um, touring around the country, they would fill suitcases and suitcases of these little notes. And then like twice a month, they'd have like folding table day or whatever they called it on the mm-hmm. schedule on the calendar. And they'd bring out folding tables and dump out all of the notes from the suitcases and go through them and then order them based on what they were. So they could see like, here's 50 notes about people who really care about like welfare reform mm-hmm. or like here's 100 notes about people who have like this social issue that they need legislation passed for. Mm-hmm. And they would like prioritize things and make sure that they built into the platform she was running on or when she got to be in the Senate in New York, that they actually got those things done. Yeah. Which is like the most beautiful, incredible way to govern. It's, it really is. And it was so mind blowing when you told me that story because I think that's like one of the best ways to run a business and also one of the best ways to govern is just by removing your own pride and random ideas you have and like talking to people about what they need first and then passing like small but important things to get that done for them. I love it. And I think because that is the way she operates and how she handles her politics, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people have said that they think that's why she struggled a little bit. Because um, she has a quote that she says a lot, like, whenever I'm, like, asking for the job or I'm, like, running for the job, I have a lot of a harder time than when I actually have the job. Mm. Like, my approval ratings are so much better when I'm doing the work than when I'm asking to work. Right. And a lot of people have kind of theorized that the reason that might be is because campaigning in itself is, through history, been such, like, a talking thing. Mm -hmm. And which is, like, typically, stereotypically, like male oriented right orating getting in front of a crowd and 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 saying what's going to go on which is what was so interesting about the dynamic in the primaries Mm -hmm. was because that was bernie sanders right and a lot of people couldn't understand why over 200 members of congress were backing hillary clinton right hillary clinton can i say her name (sighs) hillary clinton um and not bernie sanders yeah they're like he's the man with the ideas and Mm -hmm. she had all this backing from supporting those people in the past right I I find it so efficient and fascinating and maybe that makes me robotic and right as much as I um wish that we were on an equal playing field with men and women like we all know that we're not and I think that's such a fascinating like theory about how politics has been so male dominated and maybe a lot of men tend to go about politics in a very different way than women and so people just aren't used to the way that she communicates and the way that she listens rather than talks that's very hard to like show people on a debate stage like hey i'm a listener um let me listen at you 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm all ears. So, um, I definitely yeah, believe but I that think... she gets shit done. Yeah. And she doesn't really like to talk about herself too much. That's why I'm so excited for her to have the job. Yeah. January 20th, 2017. Mm-hmm. We job may, day. We may try to get to D.C. to see it happen. Oh. Who knows? How are we I doing may, that? I okay. Well, I have a great hitchhiker's thumb. It pops right out. <laughs> on on the note of Hillary Clinton and her campaign, mm-hmm. is there any Hillary merch? that you Funny, really you should like. ask. Funny, I should ask. Girl, where did that come from? You couldn't be prepared for this, are you? Um, Tavis and I have been sending each other links and pictures back and forth on Instagram and every other social media. If anyone like, else was audience to this, they wouldn't have even been listening. They would be so obnoxious. They, they'd be like, I can't believe these people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been really, really excited in this campaign about the role of fashion and also social media and both of those things combined um, to like promote getting the vote out. Like I think it's really cool. Kendall Jenner and Vogue and Anna Wintour and so many other influencers are using their platform to be like, hey, you should vote. And also you should probably vote for Hillary Clinton. Like definitely you should do that. Um, So anyway, just a few of my favorite merchandise um, in support. This is a plug for capitalism. (laughs) Yes, hooray. Um, so Nasty Gal founder, who I am such a huge fan of for so many reasons, has always been a really big supporter and vocally so on Instagram and stuff of Hillary. But after the last debate, um, they made two different Hillary shirts that you can buy through Nasty Gal and the proceeds all go towards Planned Parenthood, which is awesome. One of them says Nasty Women Unite. Oh, good. Pretty cool. I'm so glad he said that. I know. I'm it's so just I'm like, very happy about it. Honestly, it honestly it couldn't be going much better than this. Bad ombre. I think she had to have fed that line to him, right? Everywhere. That must have been some sort of like backstage deal. Yeah. Where she was like, You better be calling me nasty in about forty five minutes. <laughs> um My so, merch sales depend on it. So I'm really excited to see somebody like a huge company very popular one like Nasty Gal like openly supporting Hillary. That's great. Um, Do you think you'll link to some other yes. favorite merchandise things? I have a very long list so I won't go in into post, it now. Yeah, just to save um, us on a little bit of time. Mm-hmm, but what do you think producer Emily? You know, that might be a good idea. Yeah she's like please stop talking. Because as fools. as evidenced by our intro to this question we could go on for a while about yes. all of our favorite t-shirts and hats mm-hmm. and buttons. Yep. But we won't. We'll let you take a look. Do you have any things you're excited about um, for Hillary being president, your favorite pieces of merch, and or anything else that's maybe vaguely related to this topic? To the election? What are you excited um, about right now? I am most excited for it to be over. Right. I am... And the work to start. I am very excited to, for the work to start, and I'm, I'm going to love watching her work. Um, and getting stuff done, because I love watching stuff get done. Sarah's dancing. I'm dancing, I'm twerking. Yeah. I can't do that. Well, practice. <laughs> um, and so I'm excited to watch her work, but I'm also so, so, so excited for this to be over. Mm-hmm. I need, I cannot wait for, like, a hundred years from now, for when, like, the only reason we know the name Trump mm-hmm. is because it's, like, what we call our toilets. 
<laughs> like we like we have like like somehow she maybe figures out in her first hundred days how to just like wipe our memories that would be fine with me i don't actually wish for that though oh because, because okay you're gonna have to make this <sighs> sorry i'm gonna have to go there i can't just get it over i just can't have it over i think I it's a very important historical lesson i mean not and to, you're right it's not done right well but i just think not to be dramatic but when you learn about slavery and when you learn about the Holocaust and all of these things, you think, how could there be so many people who either, first of all, sit idly by and let it happen or are too afraid to speak up and do something about it? Or the worst of all possibilities is how are there so many people who maybe were my ancestors or like could have been me that could have supported something like that happening? And I think that's what's happening right now. And I think it's really important for us to remember it. Like, people are always like, oh, well, if Hitler rose to power today, like, I would speak up and not let millions of people be killed or deported or stripped of their rights. But there are a lot of people supporting him right now. And that's just proof that history repeats itself, but hopefully not as terribly so this time. That's true. And I think that's fair. And I think we should be cognizant of that. Mm -hmm. But also, if in some part of this equation, he just like fizzles away. <laughs> Melts that or like would be flakes okay apart the or way even, Voldemort does. Even if know. like Twitter right. revoked his his like license to tweet. That would be amazing. That would be really nice for me. <laughs> um, I think I have, I, there are a few things that I'm excited about that are, I think, election adjacent. Right. Since we've been so on that, I could say um, I'm excited about Hillary Clinton. I think you should check her out. Um, <laughs> Maybe take a look at that lady. If you haven't heard of her. If you haven't heard of her, um, take a look at Hillary Clinton. She has some some interesting things to say. Yeah. Now, uh, I have a couple of things that I'd like to share that have that I've enjoyed and I'd like others to enjoy. Um, the first one is the Netflix documentary, 13th, that you and I both just watched recently. Mm -hmm. That is election adjacent, and I, I would hope, but I can't force everyone to watch before they vote. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because uh, every time I tried to explain it to someone else, I've ruined it, I think. Um, but you should watch it. 13th, Ava DuVernay, mm -hmm. directed by. It's she really did Selma. good. Um, it'll make you think a lot, for sure. And then the other one, I finished this book a couple weeks ago, but um, it's a book called Americana. Uh, it's by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, um, who's a Nigerian writer. And it is... I don't think I've ever read anything like it before. Um, and I think it has to do with some stuff that's going on right now because it's a little bit about um, different immigrant experiences mm -hmm. coming to America and elsewhere. It's very good. And I won't spoil too much about it except saying that you should take my word for it unconditionally. But it's a great read. Um, I've already kind of talked about how excited I am um, to see, like, how shows like SNL and how companies like Nasty Gal and all these people are having like really great conversations via whatever it is they do, make clothes, make comedy, whatever. Um, I hope it keeps going. Yeah, I hope it keeps up. I think it will. I think that millennials and Gen Z millennials um, are both generations that are like really into talking about this stuff in every aspect of their lives, and that makes me really excited. So. Yeah, well, that's really nice. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I guess we need to figure out how to close this out um, mm -hmm. or we will talk for another hour. Right.
yeah we've talked for if you're interested long. in that just send either of us an email um and we'll feel free to we'll schedule extend. a phone call to talk at you yeah we love it we never stopped doing you can it. receive the director's cut of this episode <laughs> <laughs> Producer Which is six Emily hours is just long. like cringing in the corner, like please don't make me do that. Um, so in closing, this has been a Toast and Tea podcast by Sarah Crawford and Tavis Venuti and our lovely producer, Emily Ori. Our, our, our beautiful rosebud producer. Reason for existing. Beautiful flower. Uh music also brought to you by our intern, Jeff Gross. Hi Jeff. Hey Jeff. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Jeff. He's never going to listen to this. <laughs> um, and if you're interested in hearing more and reading more, check out thefluff.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Love Come <you>. again. Lots. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs>